Welcome to this week's episode of the Integra Podcast, where we discuss everything from wisdom to wellness to woo. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome to the Integra Podcast, where we talk about everything wisdom, wellness, and woo. Today, I have Jennifer Doktorovich. Jennifer is one of those people that you will just love listening to because she's got so many amazing pearls of wisdom. She and I met um, through the Certified Food and Spirit Practitioner Program with our amazing mentor, Dr. Deanna Minnick. And um, as we all learned about each other, uh, because we come from such various backgrounds, I really felt a connection with Jennifer. So let's, let's talk a little bit about her. So growing up in London, Jennifer had the privilege to be exposed to history, the arts and travel. She began her journey as a professional actress, having received her BFA at the California Institute of the Arts in Classical Theater. She returned to Houston after graduation and worked in theater, radio, and film, and continued her journey in New York, acting and producing as a union actor, both through SAG and Equity. Among Jennifer's many pay-the-rent jobs included being a group fitness instructor in both New York and Houston, having taught cycling, rebounding, hit, and core, and developing a passion for physical health, endurance, and weight loss. It is here where her interest in holistic and integrative health began. In 2008, she received her Functional Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Certification as well as her food and spirit certification in 2016. As a food and spirit practitioner, she began to combine her knowledge of nutrition, psychology, energy, creativity, emotions, and intuition. During this time, her interests were focused on psychoneuroimmunology, which is the study of the digestive and immune system as it relates to the brain, neurotransmitters, trauma, hormones, and digestive disorders. Jennifer had two clinical practices and began to work with transformation enzymes, focusing on leaky gut. Adding functional blood chemistry training with enzyme therapy, her goal has been to help her clients find relief from systemic inflammation, all of which can drive toxic behavior, both emotionally and somatically. You may have also seen Jennifer on TLC's My 600-Pound Life, serving as nutrition consultant on the show. In 2022, she acquired a Master of Science at the University of Western States in Clinical Mental Health Counseling. As a counselor, her background in functional medicine has allowed her to focus on nutritional psychology as a niche at a private practice transformational healing Houston. As a licensed professional counselor in clinical practice, Jennifer's population interest is trauma, PTSD, anxiety, depression, aging concerns in women, and serving performing artists artists with mindfulness-based interventions. 
In addition, she will be adding classes and programs around nutritional psychology, hormones, immune health, and anti-aging. Welcome back, Jennifer. It's so gl glad you're here. So what a, what a nice introduction. Thank you. You are so <laughs> welcome. I love your bio. It's just so varied and really is like this beautiful quilt of who you are and what brought you to where you are. So we talked about probably 18 months ago when you were deep in your master's work. And so a yeah. lot has happened. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't even remember exactly where I was, except that COVID was running rampant. It was a very active time. And mm -hmm. I was just buried at home writing papers and studying and being mm -hmm. in my internship and, um, you know, I, I, being really very focused. And it's, I feel like I'm that person who has ADHD that just has many, many interests. But uh -huh. as I, I look back, I realize that everything has built up to the place that I am now. And and that's kind of my story anyway, mm -hmm. is that nothing ever happened easily, but it was all supposed to happen a certain way. Mm -hmm. Think about the alignment of why things happen the way they do. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, in, in 2022, I graduated. Mm -hmm. um, I had to take a break because I had to get all my ducks in a row. I had to get all the licensure stuff done, take my test, pass my test, because in Texas, you cannot practice until you are fully licensed. Mm, okay. um, and that's kind of a pain because every state's different. Right. Um, but, but I finally actually just recently passed my test. I'm now getting the licensure piece done and about to go back into the same private practice that I did my internship in mm -hmm. and continue forward which is exciting because I can do what I would like to do without a lot of um, bureaucratic stuff. When you work in a hospital or an agency, you you can't do this. You can't right. practice. Oh, I want to do nutritional psychology. And they're like, no, that's not going to happen. Right. Um, so I wanted the, the control and the independence to be able to offer things that I wanted to offer, which private practice allows you to do. Yes. Yes. And it's, yeah. And that's beautiful. Yeah, because you can, you combine all these amazing um, pieces of your background, those parts and pieces and bring it into something that works for you. And mm -hmm. then the right uh, clients will be attracted to you because, you know, they need that really holistic umbrella of information. Yes. And this is a profession, fortunately, where age is looked upon very favorably in, mm -hmm. in, as a counselor, especially as women. Um, there's a there's a really strong need right now for older women in the profession. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people left during COVID mm. and uh, a lot of people retired. There's a lot of compassion fatigue and burnout. Oh, I bet. So not being the average 25 or 26 year old who starts, you know, her master's program in this area mm -hmm. um, is a really kind of good thing because there's a certain kind of confidence you need to have mm -hmm. to be able to work with, um, it work in counseling, but work in a trauma population. Even if there's a part of you that goes, I'm still learning. I don't know if I know everything. Well, I don't know everything, but I don't know what I'm doing. You know, that imposter mm -hmm. syndrome that kind of pop up. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's easier for me to, to look at that and go, it's okay. I'm just learning. It's, mm -hmm. it's good. As opposed to being young and going, I don't know anything. And I don't know if my clients are going to believe me anyway, because I'm so young. Mm -hmm. I well, yeah. that. I've heard this from, yeah. 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 And you know, with, with age and experience comes that beautiful wisdom and discernment that is needed in this profession and is needed mm -hmm. for people 
you know, who are, you know, in their, you know, 40s coming into their 50s who need somebody who has the wisdom and experience to help them in a way who's gone through it. You know, it yeah. might not be the same exact story, but has gone through the trauma, the, you know, those pieces that, you know, make up that beautiful quilt that is you. So I'm so glad you're here, you know, and I find that in my own practice, I have a lot of people who reach out and they're like, yeah, I wanted somebody who had, you know, that wisdom and experience and wasn't the, you know, 20 something with, you know, the same uh, certifications, graduation and all that. They wanted somebody who's going to understand them. So, so yeah, I think that happens with a lot of healers. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, you have all of this experience, you know, um, so would you share some of your own healing journey that got you to this, uh, part of your life path and purpose? Wow. Well, you know, I had done my own therapy work probably mm. starting in 2009, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had done, I had done individual, I done group, mm-hmm. um, group therapy was profoundly interesting in that, you know, you have this sort of universality where we're all going through the similar things, but mm. you're learning that your story, which seems normal with a group of people is actually maybe not normal or the behaviors you're dealing with are not normal mm-hmm. or that they're, they're harmful or they're hurtful or whatever. Um, I, you know, it's hard to even explain. I mean, I was dealing with a lot of, um, family trauma from the past. I'm trying to understand core beliefs that would pop up triggers that we all have. Um, and then trying to identify why they're happening, mm-hmm. how, how to release it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that triggers are something we will always have for the rest of your life. We, the, you, right. you can't, you can't, un, you can't just stop a trigger. What you can do is acknowledge it, recognize it, see what the button is. Um, as I tell people all the time, and this is a complicated conversation because we have a tendency to look outside of ourselves to blame others. Well, you made me feel this blah, blah, blah. And, um, it's a very interesting thing to learn through your own journey when you found yourself saying the same thing well he or she made me feel blah 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 mm-hmm. that the truth the truth is um no one triggers you you get triggered there's a right. difference mm-hmm. exactly um, no one makes you feel anything those are your feelings you own them mm-hmm. now you can you learn I statements, right? I statements that always come back to you. When you said this, I felt it made me feel X, Y, Z, or more importantly, how somebody talks to you or treats you and that you can Mm -hmm. put a boundary around and say, it's not a fit. It's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are things that I learned. I learned them in therapy, but I didn't like you, you, you practice and you practice and you practice what was the final healing journey for me was sitting on the other side of that mm-hmm. was becoming a counselor, having done good 10, 11 years of my own work, hard, right. hard work. Yes. But there's something profoundly special about sitting on the other side and hearing the journeys of others mm-hmm. and sitting in this non-judgmental place. Mm-hmm. And and validating someone's story when they haven't been validated, they haven't been heard, 
mm-hmm. and rec- and realizing like, oh, that's familiar or yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've recognized that. Mm-hmm. And that to me was, I, I, it's very hard for me to put this in words because it, it was just a feeling mm-hmm. of recognizing my own countertransference, recognizing like, oh, that push, that person's pushing my buttons and realizing, oh, that's my, that's my stuff. That's the, this old story that I'm still mm-hmm. working on. Yeah. But, and the gift of that, the, the thing is, it's a gift when someone pushes your buttons. Oh, right? heck yeah. Oh, definitely. I agree. Regardless of who they are, when mm-hmm. you get, when you recognize it, you realize, okay, this is something that's that's still a wound mm-hmm. or it, I'm still working through it. Mm-hmm. Or, and once you work through it enough, you're able to go, Oh yeah, there it is. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you laugh at it or you can, it doesn't, it's not so personal. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to personalize things. Right. Um, right. So yeah, I spent a lot of time working with clients using references like uh, Brene Brown's work is just mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um Nicole LaPera, how to do the work. She's mm-hmm. fantastic. The holistic psychologist. She has some great stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I loved her book. Her first book was amazing. I have to read her second book. Mm-hmm. Um, but realizing how trauma gets stored in the mm-hmm. nervous system, understanding the nervous system. Like yeah. I knew about the window of tolerance for years, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to teach it. And then I had to teach it mm-hmm. once I learned how to teach it. And I realized, oh, that's what it is. It's what it's the trauma that gets embedded in the nervous system. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, that is, it's huge. You don't realize it because that gives you those automatic responses. You know, it's, yeah. you know, it's those it's how those responses get triggered. And so, well, you know, you sitting with these people, allowing them to feel validated, feel seen and feel heard probably is just amazing. And yeah. And there always is that beautiful gift of learning about yourself as you're working with them as well. You know, it's that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it was a profound, like teaching experience for me. I mean, I believe mm-hmm. that we're, you know, we're all teachers and we're all students mm-hmm. like that's that. I mean, there's, there's no hierarchy of I'm, I'm higher than you. I'm more yeah. than you or whatever. It's, mm-hmm. you, I can't tell every single client has taught me something about mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. which oh, is yeah. a profound, and they, you know, <laughs> at, at some point I, I know that I've told them that. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're being a teacher right now. And, mm-hmm. and that, you know, there's that, what I am it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is powerful stuff. It really is. And it's so empowering for the client to know and be recognized. And, you know, recognition, I think is so huge is a lot of people don't feel recognized, don't feel seen, don't feel heard out in society or from our family of origin and so mm-hmm. it's so important, um, you know, to to have that and feel validated and seen in in our own work. Yeah. No, oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it was just a really powerful period of time. Tiring. Mm-hmm. Very tiring. You working with trauma, it it can be very very hard. Yes. Uh huh. Very yes. hard on the body. And that's, mm-hmm. that's something I'm learning. Like, okay, how do I protect my, my energy field? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you clear it as you're, yeah. In between clients and things. Yeah. And yeah. And it's important yep. as, as, as healers, um, we need to make sure that we are doing our own spiritual hygiene at the same time. 
So you, you know, you mentioned working with clients, you know, uh, probably with childhood trauma, you know, and, you know, there's always big trauma and there can be even micro traumas, but, you know, a big piece is generational trauma and, Mm -hmm. um, and we don't realize it. And, you know, with your background in nutritional psychology and epigenetics, you understand this piece. Could you talk a bit about that? Yeah, actually, somebody asked me that I I did a post the other day about what generational trauma Mm -hmm. is, when, when it's not dealt with those, um, those issues get stored in the tissues. Mm -hmm. Yep. So so generational from a macro and a micro standpoint, so generational trauma does become developmental trauma. it is from a macro standpoint, it could be a genocide. It could be the Holocaust. It could be slavery. Right. Uh, all of that is like, like those are the lineage, right? So mm-hmm. now you've got born from this lineage and your that trauma in the nervous system is embedded and it gets stored. Mm-hmm. I think somebody had an interesting post about the trauma, trauma from a woman is stored in the eggs and trauma from the mm-hmm. man is stored in the spirit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is, I think that's from Mark Wolin's book. And so I thought, yeah, I remember reading something like that a while back ago. And that's, you know, that, that DNA where we say, oh, it takes many generations to, to change your DNA. No, it doesn't. It takes one generation, actually, maybe mm-hmm. even less than mm-hmm. to, to get epigenetic tag of that trauma. So it's embedded right. in the nervous system. Mm-hmm. So th- on the macro level, you have that on the micro level, you think about that, what they call the ACEs, the adult, um, child, um, oh God, I completely blanked out. Um, I'll think of it, but it's the ACEs questionnaire mm-hmm. where you're looking at, um, imprisonment, substance abuse, uh, sexual traumas, um, partner violence, all of that, that a child may be subjected to, mm-hmm. um, where things are immediately modeled. Mm-hmm. So it might even be, you know, micro, like micro things, like just a parent with a, attachment issues who can't, you know, bond in a healthy way to their child. So now you have this um, object subject and it gets passed down, passed down, which is mm-hmm. narcissism is a really good example of mm-hmm. that where you not, you're not seen. So now as you grow up, you're like, see me, see me, see me, you know, and then you end up getting that passed down. So that's, that is a generational trauma is often generational behavior. It's Mm -hmm. learned. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when people say, Oh, um, you know, I have a, I have a family history of diabetes. And most of the time I would argue, I think you have a family history of learned behaviors, Right. you know, Mm -hmm. I ate fast food and junk food and because my parents and their parents and what have you. Mm -hmm. So is it, is it, is it really heritable or is it, um, is it heritable behaviors or it could be Mm -hmm. a combination of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And dealing with maybe the traumas as well as the lifestyle choices they're making can shift that for them. And these pieces are so important. Um, you know, I want the listeners to understand that doing these things in combination can be really effective. So can you kind of talk about nutritional psychology and how it works? So when I first started talking about um, integrative medicine in the practice, I was using the term functional or integrative medicine mm-hmm. and the clients didn't quite get it. So they were like, I don't know what that is, or right. I don't, that, that it doesn't apply to me. Um, and then I had read um, Uma Nendu's book 
called, I think it's called like food for the brain or something, but it's all mm. about nutritional psychology mm. or psychiatry. Mm. Hers is because she's a psychiatrist, but okay. there's another term for it. And I, I shifted it to nutritional psychology. Right. And then all of a sudden people were like, oh, what's that? Right. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing. And really it's, it's the foundation of nutritional psychology is gut health, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's the foundation of nutritional therapy, which is right. everything begins in the gut. Most, most everything begins right, in the right. gut. Um, you know, I talk about, this is tricky. I talk about COVID though, as a disease of inflammation, because the question has become very clear. Mm-hmm. Why do some people who get COVID die or get very, very ill? And why do some people never seem to respond that badly? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a legitimate right. question. And I can sit there and say DNA and what have you. I think it's inflammation. Mm-hmm. I think those Definitely. people who have more inflammation in their body, mm-hmm. i.e. leaky gut or mm-hmm. gut health or an autoimmune, what have you, heart disease, diabetes are at a, a higher risk than someone who has managed that inflammation, mm-hmm. who takes care of themselves, does nutrition, does supplementation, does energy work, mm-hmm. all of that. And so they're not going to go down maybe as bad. They, they might get mm-hmm. a head cold. They might get sick, but it may not be as bad. So right. I use that as an example. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why is that important? Because mm-hmm. inflammation is everything. Right. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh-huh. And yeah. if we're not attacking it in a way that's a full spectrum, we talk food mm. and spirit, full spectrum, mm-hmm. which means we've got to look at, we've got to look at our, um, our body. If they're grounded, we've got to look at whether our self-care is good. We have to look at whether, you know, we know how to speak to ourselves properly, mm-hmm. uh, our work-life balance, our stress, mm-hmm. our sleep. I mean, mm-hmm. all of it, if we're not looking at it in a full spectrum way, then we're not addressing it because inflammation right. is really about all of that. It, yeah. It's the whole system. That's why it's called systemic inflammation. So. Right. And that's what nutritional psychology actually addresses. Is it, it okay. started? I, well, this is what I loved about Uma because she started writing about and researching the power of enzymes and probiotics mm, to re- okay. repair the gut health. And, and of course, everybody's looking at this like, oh, that's a new, that's new information. And I said, Mm-mm, that's been around for a long time. I, I remember reading that 2008. But when we talked about that, right. it was woo-woo, right? Right. Mm-hmm. The science wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. And now the science is catching up so much so that even in counseling, we're now having uh, a new technique called neurocounseling. Mm. somatic this right. stuff was woo woo back in the day it's no right. longer being viewed that way mm-hmm. so i i feel like the reason i wasn't able to to go into this field was because i had some more to learn and i was waiting for the science to catch up yeah and that's awesome yeah 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 and you doing your work you know which is so key you know as a counselor healer you know a healer i'm using that as an umbrella term but it truly is i mean you're here as a healer yeah. of people so um that's amazing but yeah those integrative people those integrative pe- people now who used to be looked a lot more down and frowned upon mm-hmm. maybe even in the last 6 or 7 years i don't know mm-hmm. i don't, i think they're getting the last laugh and i mean mm-hmm. that in people are now looking at alternative medicine because medicine itself mm-hmm. our system 
is failing, right? Mm -hmm. We can manage acute care. We are not managing chronic care. And I, as I've told many of my clients, many of my clients actually don't want to be on medicines. They don't want to go to a psychiatrist and be told, oh, you have to be on an SSRI and you have to be this, mm-hmm. you have to do that, especially for anxiety and depression. Right. I'm not going to go there with bipolar or schizophrenia right. because these are very different issues, mm-hmm. though you can start to treat some of that with the right diet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. You look at gut and psychology yeah. syndrome and, you know, bioindividually doing it and, you know, all of those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. But, and yeah. I try not to interfere into the drug world because I know that that's going to get, that gets us into trouble. However, right. there are a lot of clients now who are saying, I don't want to do drugs. Uh-huh. I don't, I want to do an alternative, which is a big yay because yeah, yeah. I, I can do, can... I can do the other stuff. Right. And you can work with your primary care physician to, have them help you gradually go off of those medications as they're working in tandem with you, which is a beautiful mm-hmm. setup because, you know, uh, you have support on both sides. Um, so, yeah, I love Well, it. there was a recent article that came out that was quite interesting about um, the SSRIs. Are fi- they're finally recognizing that SSRIs are not really that effective. And of mm-hmm. course, I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what I actually have a good friend of mine who is um, an MD mm-hmm. and she is a, a disease, uh, infectious disease expert. Like she, she's a smarty pants and mm-hmm. we were talking about this and um, she, I said, well, you know, where serotonin is made. And she's like, oh yeah, it's made in the brain. I said, no, the majority of serotonin. And right, she said, right. it's in the brain. And I said, I, I looked at her and I said, you really don't know this? And she, I, I said, it's like 80 to 90% is made in the gut. Right. And she's like, oh, no, it isn't. And I said, I'm sending you a, a thing right now. So I sent her a, a study and she was blown away. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she said, why don't I know this? And I said, because that's not your specialty. And this is the big problem in medicine. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. If you only have know this niche and that's important, I get that. But there are very few doctors who really understand the big picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I- integrate it all together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important because so if we're talking about gut health, you know, leaky gut and the brain, can you talk about that and how uh, it's, you know, the guts, the second brain and all of that? So most of your neurotransmitters, certainly your serotonin is made in the gut, but it can't Mm -hmm. be made in the gut if that is not functioning. Right. And there are lots of reasons for that. Like Mm -hmm. if the gut isn't functioning, it can be, um, it can be virus. It could be parasites. It can, that's where leaky gut comes in. It's like, well, what creates leaky gut Mm -hmm. and leaky gut is the foundation of how autoimmune begins. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't happen overnight. A lot. I mean that it's digestion issues. And I, you know, I do have clients who like, look like they might have SIBO and most mm-hmm. people get SIBO on some t- at some time. Most people get leaky gut at some time. Right. Um, right. Leaky gut, meaning that those, those, the permeability of the, of the wall, the cell walls become mm-hmm. a little bit looser mm-hmm. so that more food particles, more um, bacteria, what have you goes into the, the bloodstream. And now right. you've got it going to the brain, which mm-hmm. is that, that, there's a gut brain connection as well. Mm-hmm. So then what happens is you start having those toxins start creating anxiety. They start creating mood disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, 
timelines are important. Like, when did you get, when did you start feeling X, Y, Z? And then you start getting a little bit of a history. And I will, I will recommend um, getting certain tests. Mm -hmm. Like usually the stool testing is what you have to do for Mm -hmm. for leaky gut to get the most accurate. But again, I'm very conservative with testing. I don't really like 20 different tests for clients because I think it can be very Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always, it is important to do those tests that look at gut permeability because that's going to give you some answers um, on what may be going on in the brain as well. You know, and, and, you know, I think we don't talk about food is so important in the quality of food and what we're putting in our bodies, but we don't realize how much stress takes a toll on our gut as well. Can you talk a bit about right. that? Well, stress is just inflammatory. Lack of sleep is inflammatory. I mean, sleep is where you have to do your repairing. So if you're not getting sleep, uh, if you're a menopausal woman, <laughs> that I've yeah. seen that a lot. We work with a lot of women. So that's one mm-hmm. that's like, I'm not getting any sleep. And I'm like, okay, we got to talk about hormones. We got to talk about maybe we you need to go see somebody who can help you with that. Right. Um, and and I, I, Diane Ginsburg is actually my doctor. She's fantastic. Mm. And she'll say like, at, sometimes you have to start with the hormones before you start with the gut. Cause I just need you to get some sleep. And then we go backwards and start working on the gut. Right. Um, right. I will tell you the, the, the advice that she gave at a conference not that long ago to every woman out there, mm-hmm. specifically women talking menopause, um, start your enzyme program and gut healing in your early forties. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you do right now, start yep. in your thirties too. I mean, just uh-huh. start just because it will smooth out your transition. Oh yeah. What I, I tell clients, I mean, like stress affects the HPA axis, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going right. to affect blood sugar. It's, mm-hmm. it's, if you are always in a state of fight or flight and, and that meaning like everything is a, is a massive stress or your interpretation of that thing is a massive stress. Mm-hmm. Um, you are going to not only you're going to tear up the gut, but the reason that happens is because you, you're your muscles are always getting the blood and always perceiving that, okay, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And so the, mm-hmm. in terms of the parasympathetic system, that takes a backseat. Mm-hmm. So now your digestion is always taking a backseat and you're always, you're releasing cortisol. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the trick with cortisol. You need a little bit to manage inflammation. Right. When you have too much cortisol you create more inflammation. Mm-hmm. So the question is, well, what's the balance? Yes. You live in a world where everything is a big stress ball, right? Mm-hmm. How do we manage that? So this is one thing that, you know, I talk about in practice is like getting people to start meditating, to just breathing, mm-hmm. to just looking at a situation and go, okay, all right, well, that's annoying as opposed mm-hmm. to fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Because that fight or flight process may not seem like a big deal, but it is an inf- it's the beginning of an inflammatory activation in your body. Right. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When we're responding to stuff from a place of stress rather than, well, reacting, I should say reacting rather than responding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, I mean, I, I know that I've been a little bit more under stress than usual, just trying to get a lot of things done. Oh, heck yeah. And sometimes <laughs> I feel like Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the mountain, uh-huh. but there's a little bit of a sense of humor where the, the reframe has to be, this is not forever. This is right. just right now. So it's okay. Right. Yeah. And a little bit of stress is not going to be, isn't the huge issue here. We're talking chronic stress, you yes. know, yes. and looking yeah. at the root causes. Why do we have so much stress, you know, and it goes again, back to you working probably with trauma. 
Well, and it's also just when you have a developmental trauma response to everything, meaning that you kind of spent your life hypervigilant, what mm-hmm. I call foreboding joy, which is when's the shoe going to drop? I'm always living yes. in this place of the future because I can't be in the present because I got to protect. Mm-hmm. That is a, that's a learned pattern response. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so understanding how that's embedded in the nervous system, moving that out of the nervous system, doing more grounding work, mm-hmm. doing more meditation, Mm-hmm. Um, reinterpreting the response, understanding mm-hmm. that um, it's, it's his learned behavior mm-hmm. that we learn to respond in that everything is stress. Mm-hmm. And the, and there are certain rules I have like for clients, like if do you, are you on social media? Yeah. Yeah. I scroll over every day. We're going to get off social media. Right. Exactly. Because that's, you know, like I'm reading the news every day. Everything's freaking me out. Okay. Well, let's Mm -hmm. stop reading the news because it becomes this issue of I'm going to control everything. Well, you can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Are you controlling what's going on in the Gaza Strip right now? Like you can't. Exactly. Exactly. So let's start. Like there are things that I will say, like, let's start moving the body. Let's start going for walks. Let's, I mean, those are things you can control. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And stopping those nervous system responses. Knowing what they are first, but also Mm -hmm. understanding that part of trauma history is the, the training that you have on how to react to something. Right. Most people don't know that they don't even, they're not aware that they are hypervigilant. Right, right, right. You know, yeah, because that recognition is so important. You know, the first step to healing is awareness. So why am I reacting this way? And then that's the piece when we get to choose how we're going to heal it. Right, exactly. That, that's exactly it. And and the why can take a long time. Yes. The why does yeah. not happen in a couple of sessions? It, it, I mean, this is like a, um, it's a, it's a history of trauma. So going back and understanding the relationships you have, the attachment that didn't happen, um, the things that happened. I mean, there are the question, there are some people who just have one thing after another and they are resilient. Like I've never seen. Right. And then there are other people who get toppled over one thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What creates right. resilience? Like that's the other piece of, of dealing with trauma is building that resilience muscle that you can get through this. I can get through anything. Yeah. And that's important. And I think the, one of the big pieces to that people need to realize is that it took us 40 years to get here. So you can't expect a quick, you know, shift, you know, don't expect that quick pill, that quick um, uh, change to happen you know, uh, in one day, one session, you know, it's going to take a little while to unwind, unpack the pieces like you're talking about what happened in childhood, you know, and, you know, and that timeline that I love is looking at those little, how that trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, went on to micro traumas, all of that. So it's important for people to understand, you know, because society tells us, oh yeah, we'll take a pill. It'll fix everything. You know, that again, right. social media, there's ads all over the place. Try this and uh, you'll be, you'll be. Thin. And we do the same thing with supplements too. It's not right. It's right, not right. just drugs. We do that same thing. Right. Like take the supplement and it all goes away. Um, right. Which is it's, it is a Western mindset. You yeah. know, I read a statistic the other day that was interesting that in America, only 30, 30% of Americans do 
um, alternative medicine while 80% of everybody else in the world does alternative. Mm-hmm. What does that say? Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, those, even those supplement companies outside of the practitioner grade supplements, and I'm not saying that some practitioners may say, oh, this is going to fix everything, but you know, those supplements, you know, those supplement companies, those MLMs that are talking about, oh yeah, start this, this supplement and you'll be changed in, you know, a week, you know, it's, they are, they are messaging to the, you know, the crowd that it is. And it really is an allopathic way of looking at things rather than a holistic way. It's very linear and reductive. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. So I always like to ask my, uh, my guests to kind of give us some tips on how we can approach, um, you know, something. And so I'm going to let you pick uh, your top three um, pearls that people can use. And maybe we talk, uh, you know, really talk to the um perimenopausal, menopausal women about that. Ooh, okay. Uh, and you can do five if it, it, yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a, that's the most important thing that I could say, especially in the perimenopausal um, realm, like, mm-hmm. and these days it's going earlier and earlier, seeing mm-hmm. more people hitting menopause in their early forties, which is very much a reflection of what's going on in our environment. Right. So I would say in your thirties, in your twenties, like start now, Mm -hmm. um, really start investing your, your money in eating. Well, unfortunately in this country, we don't take care of, you know, uh, we don't take care of our people in that our money, our, um, uh, lobbyists are putting money into, fast food. They're putting money right. into quick food. Um, it's cost more to eat. Well, I mean, very simply, it, it just costs more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not right. It's, but start eating well, start mm-hmm. diversifying your foods, looking at colors, phytonutrients, mm-hmm. uh, start to reframe cooking as a little bit more joyful, even if it's with a partner or something, yeah. find a way to start eating well. That's the first mm-hmm. step. Yes. Like, there's just no Love other it. way around that. There's no quick fix. There's no whatever. You got to eat well. It's an investment you eat in your health. Of- mm-hmm. It's an investment in your health. And and that's it. the second thing that I would say is start protecting your gut. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different books on that. I mean, I've got everything from, from Leslie Korn to um, uh, Viva Ram to who else have I been reading? Um, and, and Louise Gittleman, these are fantastic books um, and, and authors, I should say, not books, but but they're, they've right. written many things. Uh, Sarah Gottfried on hormones is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knowledge is power. So everybody's really? going to be individualistic. Mm-hmm. I, the more you read, the more you can say, oh, that that relates to me. Well, my hair, I'm losing hair in my 20s. Like what's going on there? Understanding that you might have to go and look at something functionally before it gets to be a problem. Mm-hmm. start repairing the gut. And the way that I, I actually approve of enzymes, I'm a big enzyme person because I did work for an enzyme company mm-hmm. and enzymes changed my life. Oh, I yeah. started doing enzyme therapy early, early. If I've been doing it hardcore for the last 10 years in my early forties. And I will tell you 
that going from menopause, uh, perimenopause to menopause was very easy for me. Mm-hmm. I will say there was more emotionally stuff going on in my mm-hmm. perimenopausal years, which I think is probably very common. So yes. a lot of hormone shifts. You're, mm-hmm. you're shifting, your body is changing mm-hmm. and it's very individual, but it, to make it the smoothest transition, you need to do enzymes. You need mm-hmm. to do probiotics. You need mm-hmm. to do a diverse strain. And the science behind c- certain strains is very clear that it helps with depression and mood. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have lactam bacillus. Um, there's uh, there's a whole bunch of them. Bulgaris, there's a whole mm-hmm. spectrum of that. Mm-hmm. Um I would get on probiotics. I would get on digestive enzymes. So you are breaking down mm. fats and carbohydrates. I would be on proteases. I've been mm. on very therapeutic proteases for about 10 years now. And here's the interesting thing I learned about COVID and proteases. And this mm-hmm. was, this came from our CSO company. Mm-hmm. That first um, iteration of COVID when we had the spikes, my hands are up and then you get, you get the little spikes, right? Right. Yeah. What I found out is when you take proteases, Proteases actually, because they're really annihilating all the proteins in the body, good and bad. So you can mm-hmm. digest better, but they actually cleave the spikes mm. of, those, of those COVID. So the, it couldn't bind to the cells. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. And those of us who took proteases either didn't get COVID. I've uh-huh. never had COVID. Right. Which is, I think, part of its genetics. And, or when they mm-hmm. got it, it was just like a crappy head cold. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell you how important those things are. Are they investments in terms of money? Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that they're, ch- they're super cheap. I would say if you can spend upwards of $100 a month on supplements, mm-hmm. you are investing in your health bank. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about Centrum from Costco either. I'm sorry. I'm no, practitioner grade. grade. Highly therapeutic grade quality uh, supplements. Right. Um, that means, uh, that means you, everybody should be on a quality vitamin D on mm-hmm. a omega, mm-hmm. um, on a probiotic. Yep. Um, and, uh, there's a couple other ones that I've recommended probably a mineral and a full, a full spectrum mineral, uh, vitamin. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, yeah, I mean, at least those four, right. um, on a regular basis. And when people say I, I don't have, I don't really have the money. I, I'm like, I want you to look at your Starbucks budget right now. Right. Exactly. I want you to look at your shoe budget. I want you to look at your, what, where are you throwing away money? Mm-hmm. I do not believe the majority of people have a problem spending that money. It's a question of what's important to you. Right. What are your priorities? What yeah. are the priorities? I, I get it that it is an investment. Yes. Um, but we're not talking a thousand dollars a month here. We're not no. talking about that kind of investment. No, and then talking about like, yeah, the sooner you start, you know, the, um, the better off you're going to be, and you're not going to be investing a thousand dollars in supplements, you know, when you're trying to, you know, f- uh, cool the fire or whatever, you know, you're really, well, how, how about not having a major medical expense down the road it's, that will cost there- you and put you back 40 or $50,000. Right. I and mean, I hear these stories all the time. And a lot of it is highly preventable. Now, I, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a difficult conversation. Yeah. I'm not saying that all autoimmunes are preventable, all cancers mm-hmm. are preventable. I understand right. that that not everything is, but there's a lot of things that people choose to do, like mm-hmm. smoking or substances. Like you have to be very careful. Alcohol is a huge problem. Yes. Oh my God. Like mm-hmm. how much, like be honest with yourself, how track it, 
how much do you drink? Right. What right. are you drinking? Yeah. Yeah. There, and this is, this is the thing that I'm like, get honest with yourself here, guys. Like, don't just turn around and say, oh, I'm perfectly healthy. Like I, that's not true. Nobody is perfect, including me. No. Oh gosh. No, no. And, you know, and I think society has, you know, made drink culture, um, making it like normalizing it. And I think that's a, well, it's a money culture too. It I mean, is. People yeah, are yeah. profiting off that. Exactly. And that's why it's being done. That's why it's being marketed that way. You know? So yeah, right. it's important to look We're at. finally getting psychedelic therapy to people are looking at that and seeing that there's that's reality. But for the longest time, um, the FDA has villainized it because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they're highly addictive. Actually, they're not. No. They're not addictive. But you know what is addictive? Alcohol. Uh-huh. You know? Sugar. But but <laughs> once they get they it's what's interesting is once they get on board that mm-hmm. and they start they start looking at it as oh this works watch them get into the pharmaceutical psychedelics and then it doesn't become available anymore to the public right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 so and, my, and it's, it's yeah. on my soapbox oh yeah no i totally understand so yeah some good books you know for uh, that type of information, I think Michael Pollan's book is really good. Your mind on plants. Yes. Um, yes. Michael you know, Pollan's if you want to explore that, you know, explore it, you know, and we make all of our own decisions. I mean, so. Go on Netflix and watch. I mean, it's that's if you're on Netflix, go on and watch the show. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I always forget that that's on there, you know. <laughs> so, no, this it's is fantastic. A- it's a good way to get some little education. A, a lot of mm-hmm. times. We know we just hear something and we assume that like with psychedelics, oh, well, they're bad for you. Well, maybe you don't know as much as you think and that's okay. Start educating yourself. And I say this in general about everything, like pick Mm -hmm. up some of these books. They are, these people are far smarter than I am in this area. Pick up Mm -hmm. Deanna's books. Yeah. You know, these books are, are, they're gold and Mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're a very small investment. Mm Mm-hmm as opposed to getting sick then you and they also all have like um Anne Louise Gittleman and uh Leslie Korn Dr. Korn have great resources in the back of the book mm-hmm. yes yes and that's so helpful because then you can continue your education because remembering knowledge yeah. is power and knowledge um helps you empowers you to make these changes so I think that is so exactly. important yeah yeah and the and the other thing is be really careful. The internet is an incredible place too. It's a it's a gold mine of good information. It's also a coal mine of bad information. Right. Like you can get like you can read a lot of stuff, um, and you have to be very discerning about mm-hmm. what you're reading because there's a lot of bad information on here too. Mm-hmm. So understand who you're reading, and that's why I list those resources first because yes, these, you, know, you. you want to read things from from practitioners who are highly educated, highly trained, mm-hmm. they've been around. Um, those are the people that you want to pay attention to. And then you can mm-hmm. use Instagram for good. You can use Facebook for good, but try mm-hmm. to get off social media in general so that you're not TikToking and losing time and what have you. Right. Cause it is, you don't realize how much of a time suck it is, you know, and reels and things like that. Um, you know, and I think it's because you get that instant dopamine hit as you go to each one and it kind of pulls you in. So you have to remember that. Um, This has been an amazing discussion. 
uh, you know, with your pearls of wisdom, as well as some really good resources. So tell us where people can find you. You have a website, correct? Yes, you can find me on uh, www.transformationalhealinghouston.com. Okay. Um, and, um, you can, all my information is listed on that website. Mm -hmm. Uh, now just a cautionary tale. I do see people out of state, but not for counseling because now you're dealing with licensure. So I, but I can do nutritional psychology consultations and I can do food and spirit consultations. So that's the good news. We can can work across borders there with counseling. We, We can't. I will say that a lot of times that bleeds in when we do nutritional psychology, Mm -hmm. but I'm just not actively in that treatment mode for counseling. Right. Right. Caveat there. Uh huh. But people in Texas can see you in person. Can they see you on zoom as well? They can. Um, that's the great news. Everything's really shifted. So I, everything I do, uh, can be virtual. I do, I will be seeing people in person as well at the practice. Um, so it's definitely not, impossible, but a lot, it, Houston's a very big city. And so, mm-hmm. if, you know, you live way far away and you say, oh, really, I would prefer virtual. We got you covered. We can do it both ways. Awesome. I so. love that. Jennifer, thank you so much for being on here today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So this has been the Integra podcast where we talk about everything, wisdom, wellness, and woo. Don't forget to like, like, and subscribe to the podcast and we'll catch you next time. Today's episode was brought to you by Integra Holistic Wellness, where they will be hosting a special event on Sunday, April 30th called Sacred Sunday Sessions. Heather Jade Fisher-Page, Psychic and Medium, will be offering free readings so that you can connect with your loved ones, guides, angels, and spirit. To sign up, just send an email to support at IntegraHolisticWellness.com with your name and the event date, and we will send you a Zoom link the day of that event. This is a free event, and we hope to see you then.